In this episode, we look at homelessness in the city of Montreal and how rising rents, the destruction of tent cities, and the pandemic are aggravating this issue. The number of Montreal residents living in the streets, in shelters, and in tent cities has shot up during COVID-19. But what is driving rising homelessness in the city? Today, we'll look at the causes, hear from people living in tent cities, and talk solutions to Montreal's housing crisis. I'm Savannah Craig, and you're watching the very first episode of Local 514. The CDC reports that homeless people may be a greater risk of contracting COVID-19 as a result of lack of access to safe housing and ability to physically distance. Raphael André, a homeless man from the Madame Bakouche Lac John Innu Nation, was found frozen to death Sunday morning. He had been forced to leave a nearby shelter on Saturday night due to reduced hours as a result of public health restrictions. A curfew has recently been put in place province-wide by the Quebec government. For four semaines on va avoir un couvre-feu au Québec de 8 heures le soir à 5 heures le matin. Ça veut dire qu'à part de pour aller travailler, les personnes ne pourront pas euh, être à l'extérieur de leur domicile du 9 janvier jusqu'au 8 février. Those who do not oblige can face fines up to $6,000. As a recent petition has popped up, calling on police to pardon unhoused people from curfew fines. So how many people are homeless in Montreal? As shelters continue to struggle during the pandemic, lack of data leaves us in the dark as to exactly how much the homeless population has recently grown. The City of Montreal does not have any post-pandemic data on how many people are currently without a home. But Mayor Valerie Plante estimated that the homeless population has roughly doubled between March and September, leaving approximately 6,000 people without a home. Shelters have been forced to cut their capacity in half in order to comply with physical distancing measures. Twice the demand and half the supply means the need for shelter space in Montreal has roughly quadrupled in 2020. I spoke to James Hughes, the president of the Old Brewery Mission, downtown Montreal's longest running shelter. It does feel like uh, there's more uh, people on the ground, but there is a place for everyone. So this winter is the commitment we make as uh, community agencies uh, with the city and the health department is to make sure that there's a place for everybody. And there is right now. Despite the efforts to make space indoors for everyone, some have chosen to remain outside, in some cases joining together to erect tent cities. I went down to the Oshlega neighborhood to see how people were doing at the tent city there. I met Diana Warwick, who runs an astrology website and recently moved back to her birthplace of Montreal. Some people are here by choice, right? They don't want to go to the homeless shelters and frankly I've been to a couple and not a, not a pretty picture. So I can understand why they don't like the homeless shelters, but um, you know, to be permanently on the street in Montreal weather is over the top. It's too much. It's been really eye-opening to see the humanity that Montrealers have. And I just want to say thank you to them because honestly, I, I don't think I've ever seen a place that's the food, everything, you know, they're concerned if you're warm enough. People come up to me and say, Are you, you know, do you have gloves? And, you know, if you don't, there's a whole bag of gloves there we just brought you. Alexandre, a rapper, found himself in the tent city after not being able to afford housing and necessities. L'aide sociale, je pense, c'est 700. Les 1,5, c'est quand même assez cher. Là. On parle de 500 à aller jusqu'à même 650 à 1,5. Fait que ça, ça prend quand même le trois quarts, le trois quarts de, de l'aide sociale. 
The City of Montreal rented out all the rooms at Hotel Place du Puy for people to stay in. Whether or not to accept a room there was a big question for many of the people at the tent city. After a week of living outside, Diana was ready to take a room. I've got about six, six coats on, you know, a fur coat, and I mean, heavens to Murgatroyd, how much more can a person wear and still be cold? It's remarkable, but I can be, I can be cold. So yeah, I'm gonna I'm gonna try and get out of here today. Ben, je préfère être au campement parce que vu vu l'hôtel qu'il y a plusieurs restrictions à partir de 8 heures qu'on peut aller à l'hôtel et jusqu'à 8 heures le matin, faut qu'on quitte. Fait qu'on se trouve à être dans le même problème en fait que faut se trouver encore une place pour être au chaud. Durant 12 heures de temps, bien, on est dehors. Alexandre explain how tent city residents keep warm. Fait le fait de rester ici euh, au campement fait qu'on peut se débrouiller d'une certaine manière, d'une certaine façon, que les gens puissent avoir leur confort 24 heures sur 24 dans leur tente en leur fournissant des chandelles, euh, les bougies, la génératrice pour euh, les chaufferettes. On offre aussi des petites bouteilles de propane pour euh, les chaufferettes qui chauffent au propane. Puis en restant ici, ça nous permet euh, de maintenir euh, notre position pour la cause parce que le pourquoi qu'on est rassemblé ici, c'est pour euh, avoir un meilleur logement, euh, que ce soit un logement qui est à prix modique. Euh, on le voit un peu comme une, sous forme de manifestation, tu sais. Just two days after my visit to the tent city, a fire burnt down one of the tents. Nobody was hurt, but two days after that, a group of firefighters, police, and city workers evicted people in the tent city, directing them to openings in city shelters. A second tent city, which had been erected in the Milton Park neighborhood near McGill University, was also evicted around the same time. I spoke to Adam Anzel of the Milton Park Citizens Committee focused on homelessness in the neighborhood. So the police asked those living on the corner to take down their tents during the day and then another city department took away the tents uh, which we believe was garbage removal though garbage removal has denied it so garbage removal is blaming the police the police are blaming garbage removal and no one knows where the tents are and what happened to them putting a fence around the lot where they were existing or taking away garbage cans and toilets or taking away their tents isn't actually moving people towards shelter because there is no affordable housing in montreal um, it's just making them suffer more while they're continuing to exist in the way they were already existing. Around the same time that the Montreal police participated in evicting two tent cities, City Hall announced a slight increase to the police budget, despite widespread calls for it to be cut. We saw with, with this budget that was just passed, an increase of $15 million to the police, which is in line with inflation, but a $12 million decrease for housing to defund certain solutions which have been, you know, statistically proven to be long-term solutions for homelessness, which is if you give people homes and then mental health follow-up and, and substance abuse follow-up to deal with their issues, if you don't give them a roof over their heads first, you know, you continue to, an to antagonize and create these sort of short-term solutions like, oh, you know, just go to shelters. And now the city's presenting those as solutions because they don't have the money for housing because a decision to fund the police and to make it the largest share of the budget means something else has to give, and the city has regrettably chosen housing as the area. Montreal is experiencing its lowest vacancy rate in 15 years. 
In 2019, only 1.5% of apartments were available, as opposed to 4% just five years ago. Census data from 2016 shows that 8.5% of Montrealers paid more than 80% of their income on housing. Another major threat to housing stability is the practice of rent evictions. This is when a landlord uses a renovation to evict their tenant, hiking up the rent for the next tenant. Amy Darwish, the coordinator of the Park Extension Action Committee, located in Park X, has been involved in setting up demonstrations in support of more social housing in the neighborhood. We've seen a really worrisome rise um, in, uh, in renovations here in Park X. Um, since the new campus opened, a lot of landlords have been trying to take advantage of the arrival of students and professionals in the neighborhood. Um, and have been trying to use, you know, a number of tactics to force out long-term tenants. Um, in many instances, um, they try to double or even triple the rent afterwards. Um, so what we're seeing is that the rents are really skyrocketing, the amount of affordable apartments are, are really on the decline, and many trust tenants are struggling to find a place to stay. In some instances, it means moving to, you know, you know, the edges of the city. In other instances, people find themselves on the street. While some are not able to maintain or access housing due to financial constraints and rising prices, other barriers play a role as well. I spoke with Nakuset, the director of the Native Women's Shelter and co-manager of Resilience Montreal. Resilience Montreal, a day shelter just west of downtown, offers a place to sleep, clean clothes, and warm meals for those who need it. When I was an outreach worker, I used to bring women to apartments and, you know, the landlords would say flat out, oh, I don't rent to, rent to you anyways, you're all a bunch of drunks, right? In front of me, in front of my, you know, Enoch client, and, you know, I would have to, you know, make complaints and, you know, try to bolster the self-esteem of the woman I'm sitting with. So, yeah, systemic racism is everywhere. Faiz Abu'ani has also experienced racism in the housing market. I speak properly. I speak English, I speak French. I can look at a landlord in the eye, make jokes, chill, okay? And still, I have to go to the regie and fight them. People who have, don't have the confidence, who don't feel like, that, like welcomed in this country or in this city, they are willing to, and I've seen this, they're willing to accept terrible housing conditions and pay 90% of their income. I spoke to Faiz Abu'ani, a real estate broker from the neighborhood of Park X, who founded an organization called Brick by Brick to secure housing for low-income residents of the neighborhood he grew up in. I've visited places that I was, that, that Brick by Brick was looking at, to buy, looking to buy, places that we lost to, 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 to flippers, to developers. The folks who were living there did not have any food in their pantry. And the place was full of cockroaches. What the hell are these bugs eating? When you don't have food in your pantry, that means that you, all your money goes into housing and you're just there because you don't want to be living in the cold and the snow. That's it. Um, and you know how much they were paying? They were paying what I'm paying. You know, the reason why they end up paying so much for such terrible living conditions is because nobody wants to rent to them. It's not because they don't have the money. That's what's crazy about the whole thing. Um, so yeah, there's tons of discrimination in the rental market, tons. Um, yes, it's definitely based on race, no question about it. 
but it's also based on class. Residents of Park X have been pressuring the city to buy up properties and convert them into social housing, including 7695 Acadie. The site uh, is uh, up for sale and the city has uh, the right of first refusal on the building. What that means is that the city uh, can decide uh, to intervene um, and purchase the building and match a developer's offer before it gets sold uh, on the private market. Um, we're demanding um, that the city use that, um, that tool to be able to purchase the site so that it can be used uh, for social housing. Um, it could build up to 35 units on the site. Um, which could house folks who are living in poor conditions or facing eviction in the neighborhood. Darwish said that there are about 23,000 people in Montreal waiting for social housing. And there are about 684 units of social housing, with no new units opening since 2015. Abu Ani shared some ideas for those wondering what to do to help. I think that people who have the social capital, who have the time, and who have the mental health should organize to, uh, to do all kinds of stuff direct action, community work, but also take hold of, uh, of positions of power in government. Another thing that you can do is transfer your leases. It's a lot of work. If the landlord says no, you have to go to the regime. It's not the, the person that, you set, that you're leasing out to. But you just take an afternoon, go there, just show up. And you will be able to transfer that lease. It's an extremely powerful tool for keeping rents low. Uh, supporting your tenants' rights group so they can help other people do that. And finally, as a homeowner, there's a lot that you can do. A client I recently worked for bought their, their condo uh, three years ago, and we sold it for almost $100,000 more. Instead of pocketing that cash, they're using it to, to give back to uh, Indigenous solidarity uh, work, uh, land reclamation, grassroots uh, shelter uh, projects and brick by brick. You know, I think that when you have resources, you can do stuff, whether it be time or money. There's tons and tons that, that can be done to, to, to solve these problems and to be a part of the solution. So for those of us interested in living in a city where everyone has access to decent, affordable housing, here are some goals that today's guests suggested. Increased availability of off-market social housing, priced low enough for those on social aid to be able to afford. A ban on rent evictions, more accessible services for those facing mental health challenges of all kinds. Thanks for tuning in to the latest episode of Local 514. To watch the video version of this podcast, please visit cutvmontreal.org or visit us on social media at CUTV Montreal.